This is most certainly true. In the greatest act of selfless mercy, God sent His own Son into our world to die for your sins. And we can't stop talking about it. We now present this sermon, recently delivered at Grace, to you. First reading from the book of Genesis in chapter 18. The Lord God with two angels had visited Abraham, now about to leave. We have a wonderful account as God teaches us about prayer from the example of Abraham. This is the basis for my sermon today. Then the Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sins so grievous that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. The men turned away and went toward Sodom, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? The Lord said, If I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Then Abraham spoke up again. Now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, though I am nothing but dust and ashes, what if the number of the righteous is five less than 50? Will you destroy the whole city for the lack of five people? If I find 45 there, he said, I will not destroy it. Once again he spoke to him. What if only 40 are found there? He said, for the sake of 40, I will not do it. Then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak. What if only 30 can be found there? He answered, I will not do it if I find 30 there. Abraham said, now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, what if only 20 can be found there? He said, for the sake of 20, I will not destroy it. Then he said, May the Lord not be angry, but let me speak just once more. What if only ten can be found there? He answered, For the sake of ten, I will not destroy it. I'll pray for you. Don't you just love hearing that? It means so much. So thoughtful. So kind of someone to say that. But I confess that sometimes my sinful side pushes a naughty thought into my head and I'm thinking, will they really do it? And more to the point, if I promise to pray for someone, how am I going to keep on track to make sure that I do it? Our worship today centers on this gift from the Lord Jesus called prayer and addresses some big issues. Is really taking time and effort to pray all that worth it? Does God hear and answer all of our prayers? And that's even more vital when we are recalling that way too often we've taken this business of talking to God in prayer for granted. Or we've fallen on the other side of the ditch into viewing prayer as just one more chore and a checklist of Christian living chores, sort of like you got to do the laundry and vacuum and sweep every week. 
The first reading, which I shared with you from the lectern from Genesis 18, renews for us in our hearts and minds that prayer is a privilege. How do we know that God is listening, that his ears are open to our prayers? Well, consider this. Who was doing the praying in that first reading that I shared, that you saw in the service folder? Well, you might say, it's obvious, it was Abraham. But who really was Abraham? Many view him and have heard of him as one of the heroes of faith from the Old Testament scriptures. Good. But Abraham was also the guy who didn't trust God enough to keep his promise to give him a son and thought that maybe naming his servant as his heir would be a good deal. When that didn't pan out, Abraham was the same guy who took up his wife's suggestion to make a baby with her servant, thinking that would be the heir. Abraham was also the same guy who didn't trust God enough when he was heading into hostile territory and to save his own hide, passed his wife off as his sister, and he did that two times. Abraham did end up as the father of a great nation, the nation of Israel. And he was blessed by God to be filthy rich. But before any and all those things, he was first and foremost a sinner. Abraham had violated God's holy standards in his life. He crossed the line into naughty territory. He slapped God in the face. Why should God listen to him? Why should God listen to me? Or to you? If you had to pick out a Bible character that you resembled, I would think it probably wouldn't be Abraham. According to my memory banks from kids' Bible story books way back decades ago and the pictures, I, I, I wouldn't want Abraham's long flowing white beard or his cumbersome robes that he had to wear. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of tent dwelling or sheep herding. No, I, would, I really wouldn't want to be like Abraham. The problem is that's exactly what I'm like. We may not relish eating goat stew and we may not have to wear Middle Eastern robes and we may not end up in the prime of life physically at age 100. But just like Abraham, we are sinners. And we need the forgiveness of all of our sins or we're going to end up in a desert far hotter than southern Palestine. If you didn't know the story about Abraham and just heard this initial part and learned about Abraham's miscues and sinfulness, you might think and rightly assume that Abraham ended up in hell. But he didn't. The only way to account for that is to grasp what God is like. God did not treat Abraham as he deserved. He forgave Abraham even though Abraham wasn't so forgivable. He blessed Abraham even though Abraham wasn't so blessable. God is a God of mercy and kindness and love and forgiveness and he showed that to Abraham. Not because of who Abraham was or because of what Abraham did but because God is God. We know, of course, it's this God of grace and love and mercy and kindness is also a God of holy justice. And if we consistently and persistently remain in our wicked ways and push aside his mercy, then we're going to face 
the fierce fire of his wrath, which is exactly what fell on the filth pits we know as the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham understood and came to know that he was just as bad a sinner as the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. And yet he also experienced the mercy of God. And he lived in gratitude for that forgiving grace from God and the privilege of talking to God in prayer. And so he asked God to spare the city of Sodom and Gomorrah for the sake of believers who lived there. And Abraham knew that his prayers reached God's ears. And God was listening because God had forgiven him all of his sins. Which means he's a God who listens. And that's what makes your prayers and mine so special. It's really got nothing to do with how cleverly we word our prayers or how short or long our prayers are or whether we behave ourselves for a couple of days before praying to God. No. We are sure that God's ears are open and he listens because God is the God who has guaranteed us forgiveness through Jesus Christ of all of our sins because God is gracious and kind, merciful and forgiving. We have this privilege called prayer which includes the privilege of reaching God's ears. He will be listening. You know, of course, that if you wanted, you could pray, Dear Lord, give me a million dollars. No, wait. Make it three million in small unmarked bills. You, you could pray that. You also know, of course, that God knows our motives and what's going on in our mind. And God will not necessarily adjust his plans for us to fit our selfishness. Instead, the Lord God is more like the dad who goes on a business trip out of town for several days. And while out of town, he bought a gift for each of his kids. And one day after he concluded business, he's back at the hotel and his kids were able to reach him for a Zoom meeting, greeting. And the kids did not ask, Daddy, what are you going to bring me? What are you going to bring home to me? What are you going to give me? No, they said, Daddy, we love you and we miss you. Please come home safely. <laughs> he went out and bought each another gift. They had touched his heart. Abraham prayed to the Lord God that he would spare the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah for the sake of the believers there, if there would be at least 50 believers in those cities. And then 45, and then 40, and 30, and 20, and 10. The amazing thing is God was actually willing to adjust his plans because Abraham's prayer touched his heart. And don't go and let any silly thought come into your mind. Well, God was going to destroy those cities anyway. No. When Abraham prayed that God would spare the cities if there were 50 believers there, if there actually were 50 believers, he could have stopped praying and God would have spared the city. The same is true if there were 45 or 40 or 30 or 20 or 10. If there actually were that many believers there, Abraham could have stopped and God would have adjusted his plans and would have spared the cities. How about that? God was willing to adjust his plans because Abraham had touched his heart just as King Hezekiah did when he prayed to God to spare the city of Jerusalem, which was surrounded by the bad guy Assyrians, just as the Apostle Paul encouraged the Colossian Christians to pray that his message could go out through more open doors. 
But keep in mind that Abraham, Hezekiah, and the people of Colossae all were praying not for selfish reasons, but in line with God's holy will, which is to save sinners. His will and his promise of love and his mercy will stand up and be defended. And that's why the Apostle James wrote in his letter, when you ask, there are times you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Because the prayer of a righteous person, one declared innocent who believes that in Jesus, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So go ahead and pray. Even if you see around you that the world is swirling down the tube, even if your life is a mess, even if you're on your knees in terror and fear and scared, go ahead and pray because you know God's, your prayers reach God's ears and your prayers, believe it or not, your prayers touch God's heart. You would think when this account has ended and you keep reading in your Bible that God did not answer Abraham's prayer to spare the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Turn the page in your Bible to the very next, or if you're on the, your, your device, you scroll, you know, and you get to the next chapter. Sure enough, he destroyed the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. But wait. God did answer Abraham's prayer in a way he did not expect. Even though there were not ten believers in those cities, Abraham's nephew and his family still were there. And the Bible tells us that when God destroyed the cities, he remembered Abraham. He remembered Abraham, and he brought Lot out of the catastrophe. So Abraham realized in this privilege of prayer another unique blessing and privilege that his prayer not only reached God's ears, touched God's heart, but also God answered in a way that he never expected. Hezekiah prayed, King Hezekiah prayed to the Lord to spare his life and to spare Jerusalem when surrounded by Assyrians and God answered by wiping out 185,000 Assyrians in one night. Hezekiah never expected that. Peter prayed to the Lord, should the good news of Jesus go to more people than just the people I know? God led him to Cornelius' house. The whole family, non-Israelite, came to faith. The Colossian Christians prayed that Paul would be released from house arrest. And sure enough, he was and continued his missionary activity. All these people, Abraham and Hezekiah and the Peter and the people of Colossae, all were praying in line with God's holy will and then received an answer from God's hands more than they ever asked or imagined. The Lord Jesus invites you and me. You heard it in the gospel today. Ask, and it will be given you. He invites us to pray in the confidence that he will give us what he has best in mind for us. So go ahead and pray boldly. Pray for others to come to faith. Pray for your church. Pray for our Lutheran church body and all its plans, which include 100 new churches in 10 years starting next summer. How about that? Pray knowing that you'll be in line with Abraham and Hezekiah and Peter and the Apostle Paul and believers of Colossae when you're praying for God's good news to grow in your heart and go to others and you'll be receiving from God's hand what you'd never imagined or expected. That's the privilege of prayer. Dorothy and her companions wanted to talk with the Wizard of Oz and to ask 
if he could help her get home. But they found out that the wizard really wasn't a wizard and that Dorothy could have clicked her heels and gone home anytime she wanted. A fanciful tale told by Frank Baum, all within the context of a dream. But when Abraham talked to God in prayer, he wasn't dreaming. And neither are you, and neither do I dream when we're speaking to our God. We get to communicate with God himself. Is there anyone bigger or greater or mightier or higher or more glorious? And yet we get to talk to God. How can that be? Look no farther than the Lord Jesus Christ, who lived a life in keeping with God's commands, which included a life of prayer, who shed his blood to pay for our lack of praying, our disinterest in prayer, and our selfish prayers, and who rose from the dead to prove that we have the privilege of prayer. No wonder the Apostle Paul wrote in one of his letters, Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the Lord's will for you in Christ Jesus. And oh, to make it all so, I'll pray for you. more about God's grace or to support this ministry, please visit gracedowntown.org today. This grace is for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.